Do you remember where you were? On that dreadful day in the month of September, the 11th day, 21 years ago, September the 11th of 2001 is a day we will never forget. We remember what we were doing when the World Trade Center went down. We remember how we felt. We remember where we were when we heard the news. But while that day was undoubtedly horrific, many positive things occurred afterwards. This morning, I want to share with you some of those positive things that came about after September the 11th of 2001, 21 years ago. People prayed more. In that day, people prayed more. One of the articles that I read said that nine out of 10 people, nine out of 10 Americans admitting, admitted using prayer more to deal with that situation at that time. 90% of people prayed more. Prayer in this country rose dramatically after the attacks. And the reason that they prayed more was because they realized they were not self-sufficient. That their own wills and ways and money and all the things that they had materialistically could not save them. They realized that they needed God and his strength to get through that period of time. That day when over 3,000 people lost their lives instantly, prayer was a big deal. The question that I asked this morning, 21 years later, are we still praying like that? Our society seems to see the, the value of prayer realistically, the value of prayer no longer. 
Things are back good, so to speak. We don't have a chance of being invaded and, and someone is not on our soil trying to destroy the people. We don't have to worry about them coming into the schools or, or shooting our airplanes down. We're still a concern, but hadn't happened in 21 years. You see, many today are too busy to pray. Some prayer has even been forbidden in certain places, even since 21 years ago. Even though we're 21 years removed from the horrible events of 9-11, this morning we still need God. We still need his blessings and his provision. And it's through prayer that we acknowledge those things. In the book of Colossians in chapter 4 and verse 2, Paul writes to those brethren and says, Devote yourself to what? Prayer. He says, You need God. You need the blessings and the sustainability of God. And you know that's still true today. We need God to sustain us. One of the main reasons that people find no interest really in God, or maybe their interest level has went way down, is because they feel self-sufficient. As long as I have that paycheck coming in and I can meet my bills and have that extra money to go and entertain myself and have fun and enjoy life, I have food to eat, I have clothes to wear, I have all these things, I'm self-sufficient. I don't need anyone else. You see, that's a sad life. When one comes to that way of thinking, they're, they're living on a dangerous edge of life. This morning, we need God. We needed God then, 21 years ago, to get us through that, and we need Him today in 2022. In the book of Psalms, in chapter 18, in verses 1 and 2, the psalmist writes and says, David says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, he says, and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler my, my, and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. And he goes on to write in verse 3. Notice what he says. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. David realized the need of prayer. 
David realized the sustainability that he needed from God and he couldn't do it on his own. And you go to the book in the New Testament in the book of Matthew in chapter 6 in verses 9 through 13 if you really want to know how to pray read this. Read this. Our Lord teaches us how to pray. He teaches the disciples how to pray. He says, after this manner, therefore pray you, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed is thy name. He teaches us how to pray. You see, we need God all the time to sustain us. All the time. I need God every day of my life, every minute of my life. Not just on Sunday, not just on Sunday night, just not on Wednesday. Every waking morning and time that I arise or even when I sleep, I pray the Lord to keep my soul. If I should not arise in the morning, take me to be with you. I need God. And you need God. Prayer was a big deal. The other positive thing that came out of that, people attended church services a whole lot more. The article says that 25% increase of attendance in church services and that's just not worship. That was including Bible study. A 25% increase because people realized that they could not sustain themselves through this and they needed God. We had political parties standing on the steps of the White House praying together and on the Congress praying together. Prayer was a big deal. And people felt the need that I need to be closer to God. And people said, I, I need to be in the services. I, I need to be there every time the doors is open because I, I need God. And, and these, these terrorists, they may come and, 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 and kill us. They may come and take our families. That day, if you remember, I went home and hugged my sweet Amanda. I went home and cradled my precious Adriana. I was in college at the time, and I can remember driving down through Huntsville, Alabama, where a big, the Redstone Arsenal and all that is there, and there were armed, armed um, vehicles sitting on the sides of the road with big guns. I can remember driving down the four-lane highway and them checking me and saying, who are you and what are you doing? And I said, I'm trying to get home to my family. Because we didn't know what was going to happen. There was 24 to 48 hours or more that we did not know what we were going to go through. We didn't know if a second wave was coming. We didn't know if they were going to invade our borders and our, and our coastlines. We didn't know if they were going to drop a bomb. We didn't know. We didn't know. 
And when people don't know and they're uncertain about their current condition or the future, where do they turn? To God. But it shouldn't take that. It should not take that. Church assemblies increased right after terrorist attacks. People were thinking more about God and His Word. I need to know about this God. I need to know how to get myself right. And I can remember, I wasn't preaching full-time at the time. I was preaching some. I, served, I was serving as a deacon. And I can remember more responses at that time in the next six months than there ever was of people saying, I need to get right. Because this world, as I know it, could end. My life could end. And if you lived around where we were, we were right in the center of TVA and all the dams, and all the electrical power, nuclear power, fossil power. We were right in the middle of all of that. Redstone Arsenal, all the rockets and all that stuff was right there with us. There were people actually calculating how far would a, the, the atomic blast go west toward our home. There was uncertainty. But you know, sadly, 21 years later, not only has church attendance dropped in this country, but so has the need for God and religion as a whole. You see, this should not be the cause of, uh, because God is still worthy of our worship. God is still worthy of my time and your time and, and our, our true and, and pure worship to, to Him. And you know, all through time, that has been the case. When you go to the book of Psalm again in chapter 26, the psalmist writes in verse 8 of that chapter, Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house. And the place where thine honor dwelleth. Lord, I've loved thy house. I want to be in thy house. I want to be in your presence. And you go on down to verse 12 of that same chapter. He says, my foot standeth in an even place. In the congregations will I bless the Lord. It was important to him. You go on over in the book of Psalms in chapter 27. The Bible says to us in verse 4 of 27 of the book of Psalms, One thing I have desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty, he says, of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. We could go on, chapter 84, verses 1 through 4. The point remains is God is still worthy of our praise. The, the psalmist found true fulfillment in worshiping the Lord. Remember, he says, remember, Isaiah told the people back in Isaiah 46 and, and 5 through 11, remember, he said, these idols you have that you carry around and set and that you cry to, they're not doing anything for you. We 
could say today in 2022, the things that we put before our Lord and our God may be family, it may be our work, it may be our hobbies, it may be our money, it may be our sin, it may be what all these things we could uh, name this morning that we put before Lord, our Lord and our God. And Isaiah was telling those people, and the Word of God is still telling you today, he says those things are empty. They will do nothing for you. He says, but remember in Isaiah 46, remember the words of the prophet of old. Remember your, your rich history. Remember what you've been through. Remember coming out of Egypt. He says, remember those difficult times, but remember those good times as well. And praise God. You see, that's where we are today. We still need to praise God. Remember, remember. You see, the God, God gave us a memory for a reason. We can remember things and we can either learn from them or we can make the same mistake again. You see, that's the choice we have. Our memories are a good thing. Third thing, people were more united. There was a great sense of unity that occurred in this country after 9-11. I can remember everybody had flags. Everybody got you a flag. You put it outside your house. Some even put them on their vehicles. We were proud to be Americans. Country singers wrote songs, and some of them were appropriate. But it says, you've messed with... The Statue of Liberty, we're coming after you. There were people who were standing to defend the truths of our country and what our country was built upon, and it was God and praise to God, one nation under God. And people were really willing to go and defend that. And we did. We were united. And they were against, all Americans were united against any enemy who was just trying to destroy us. We supported and encouraged our public officials. We didn't condemn our police officers. We held them high. We didn't, our firefighters, what did we do? All across America, we thank you for our, your service. We thank you for risking your life. We wasn't putting police officers in jail because they were going against the bad guys. I'm going to tell you, there's a reason why the police officer will pull a gun against you. <laughs> Probably because of the sin or the, the crime that you're committing. If you don't want to be shot, don't put yourself in that position. You see, we were united. 21 years later, it appears that we are divided on everything as a nation. Our society fights and devours one another. And the unfortunate part of that, part of the, the, the Lord's church and people who are Christians are in the middle of all that. God demands that we show the people of the world a better way. He commands us to seek peace. Do you remember that? 
and unity. Matthew 5 and verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, he says. Not those who stir up trouble on social media. Not for those who take and, can, and continually grind and have, have to have turmoil in their life to be happy. Romans 12 and verse 18. As much as it lieth in you. What? Live peaceably. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3. Be diligent to preserve the spirit. What? The spirit of peace, he says. Have unity. You see, it's important. In the book of John. In chapter 17, we find a prayer of our Lord. And notice what he says in this prayer. In John chapter 17, he begins a discourse here, and he's talking about uh, these things of the world, that they may not have joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them thy word, and the world hath hated them. Talking to his followers. And then in verse 15, he says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And thou hast sent them into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. But notice in verse 20, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, through his followers' word. We need to show the world a better way. We are a divided country. We are a divided nation. We are a divided county, a state. We're all divided. We need to live peaceably with all men. You see, we're divided on who wears a mask. We're divided whether we put a mask on in school. We have, we're divided whether we wear a mask to here or there. And, and, and rightly so. Some people need to wear a mask because of their, their conditions, their physical conditions. I understand that. But we'll get on social media and argue about making all our political views and what we think on this and what we think on that and not talk to one person in one year about Christ. Now, I'm going to tell you what, that's what I see. We'll get on and we'll post everything about our families. We'll talk about this, we'll talk about that, and we'll do this and we'll support that and we'll condemn this, but we won't talk to one person about Christ. You see, our priorities are messed up. If we were more about posting and talking to people about Christ as we was about making our families look good and our homes look good, the world would be a better place. We need to reckon ourselves to back to remembering what God done for us and what God is continuing to do for us. But last but not least, people became more thankful. After the attacks, many Americans went home, I know I did, and hugged their families a little tighter. I hugged my parents a little tighter. 
I hugged my sweet Amanda a little tighter. My precious Adriana wanted to know why mom was so sad. Because of the events that we had went through. We appreciated the blessings of our family and our loved ones and our church families a whole lot more. We appreciated the very simple thing of the gift of life. We were alive. We had not been killed. We had people who were standing on the sides of the streets of New York and all of that with signs with pictures of their family members. Have you seen my daughter? Have you seen my husband? Because they were torn apart. Their lives had come to shattered pieces. 21 years later, it can become easy to start taking for granted our loved ones. You see, Israel took for granted God's blessings after they'd been delivered from slavery. If you remember in the book of Numbers, chapter 11 and verses 5 through 6, they took advantage. They, 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 they uh, were just like, okay, it happened. Thank you, but no thank you. You see, we need to always acknowledge our blessings to God through prayer. Embrace our loved ones. Always seek to be at peace with them because life is short. James chapter 4 and verse 14. He talks about the brevity of life, the, the, how quickly things can change. But this morning, 21 years later, are we praying more? Are we attending church services more? Are we more united? Are we more thankful? Or is it the opposite of those things? There's great lessons in the terrible tragedies of history. Don't forget history. Will God still bless America? You see, there, the Bible insists that there's a great connection between the moral vigor of a nation, its moral principles. There's a great connection between, the Bible says, between the moral of a nation and its survivability. The Bible teaches that. Blessed is a nation who God, whose God is the Lord. Psalms 33 and verse 12. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin or reproach is a people's ruin. You see, the founders of our nation saw the need for God to be at the heart of our national existence. The Declaration of Independence con contains a solemn appeal to the supreme judge of the world. When Thomas Jefferson spoke of those unable rights as an endowment, where? From the Creator. You know, during war in our country, the Continental Congress appropriated 300,000 Bibles 
during the wars of our national existence. 300,000. Why? They wanted them in the hands of people because they people didn't know and people needed to turn to God. We live in a time when our nation is rapidly becoming secularized. Of course, Matthew's thought on this is we're headed for a civil war once again. We talked to a man who owns a gun shop in West Tennessee where my Adrian and Adrian, or Amanda are today for their daughter's uh, shower and wedding coming up next month. He owns a gun shop and he said last week, he said, I worked to eight and nine o'clock at night because of something that our leaders had said. You don't think people are preparing for a civil war? They are. Where is our country? Do we remember? This morning, do you remember that Christ Jesus died for you? Our, our, our Lord came and gave up his place in heaven to satisfy the wrath of God against sin. In 2 Peter chapter 3, in the first 11 verses and following there, Peter talks about when the Lord will come back. But he, in the very beginning part of that, he says, do you remember when the world was encompassed with water, when, when all it was covered? Do you remember why that was? The Lord held, the people had trouble there, saying, well, when's, when's Christ coming back? When's this coming? When's this going to happen? And he says, do you remember? Remember this? Remember this? It's going to happen. Christ is going to come back. And you know, just as that day and that, when that flood began, God shut the door. There were only eight souls who were saved. The rest were lost. This morning, if God should shut the door today and say, you're no longer, time should end. You no longer have availability. You no have longer access to the blood of Christ. See, there's no access to the blood of Christ once you die. For once the Lord comes back, there's no access. The access is now. The door will shut, and there's no access. You can't become a Christian. And only faithful Christians live and go to heaven. You remember what Christ done for you today. And if you truly believe that the Lord died for you, and that he is the Son of God, and you believe in the one church, See, a lot of people say, well, you can just believe anything you want to, go to any church you want to, and you can go to heaven. That's not right. That is wrong. Not everybody who claims to be a Christian is a Christian. This morning, wherever you need may be, please come. Together we stand as we sing.